Hi, I'm Kurt Dodd with Realm IQ. This is our podcast, Realm IQ Sessions, where we talk about everything AI with AI leaders from around the world. Give us a follow or subscribe where you can, wherever you do. And today's guest is Mel Lim. She has built Chateaus with a Z, a platform augmenting and scaling XR and spatial computing experience with data science. We are also fellow alumni from Art Center. If you didn't know, Mel, welcome, Mel. So let's get into it. We would love to hear how AI is integrated into your platform. And please tell us about this platform because it sounds so fascinating. Well, perhaps I could give you a little bit of a background of how it started and then sure. why why we're integrating data science or place data science as a core in our technology here. So Chateau's was born out of observation and experience working with really large enterprise, helping them adopt into XR in the last decade. And through our experience, my team and I have encountered three things that enterprises face, which is number one, adoption. So not a lot of enterprises have that kind of budget to kind of, hey, Mel, go figure out how to leverage XR and help us, you know, figure figure things out, right? So adoption is a, a big challenge because aligning business use cases with the right technology or right platform is a challenge. Hundred and something, you know, so-called metaverse platforms out there. And Typically, they're built upon Unity, Unreal Engine, you know, or gaming, you know, like a Roblox type technology. And enterprise, you know, they, they get excited. Enterprises and brands, they get excited. They want to, you know, they want to be, you know, they have this FOMO, right? They want to get into this, but they don't know which platform to use, why, and, and how to fully leverage the technology behind it. So adoption is number one challenge. I agree. Once you once you figure out the adoption and the business use cases, then okay, you build the space out, then you you hire people like an agency and you do all these things and then you bump into the issues of scalability. How can I scale this from a hundred person event or spatial use to thousands of people? And then at that point you may stick stick to that one particular platform you've started with, or you may outgrow it, and then you may want to move your assets from one engine to another, and that's a challenge for enterprise. Mm-hmm. And the third part is doing, you know, after you figure out the first two, you know, then you have to answer to the you know, key stakeholders within the enterprise. So what's the ROI, Mel? <laughs> so yeah, right. You have us do all these, right? You have us do all these things, and are we really get, getting anything out of this XR initiative? So we realized that enterprise would typically want to leverage XR for two business outcomes. The first one is, are we, you know, generating revenue, more revenue, by implementing this tech? Or are we, you know, saving money implementing this tech? And in order for us to fully understand and answer those questions, we have to go back to step one, which is, what is it being used for? What are the top business use cases? And without under- fully understanding what that entails, you you can't put metrics together. You don't know what you're looking for. What are some of the signals? And so. We had rolled out a really massive so-called metaverse initiative about three to four years ago for for a really large tech company. And what we've learned is, you know, at the end of the day, they are all interconnected. Like all these 
top three challenges are interconnected. And, you know, we were solving it manually, right? We would plant like, you know, some of our analysts and designers into the space so that we can observe the, you know, we did a manual ethnography, right? In a digital space to kind of observe the human behavioral changes and then report it back to the key stakeholders and say, hey, this is what we observed. There's a better way of doing this. It shouldn't be this complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, adoption shouldn't take six to nine months, which typical agencies would take. Scaling it shouldn't be this costly where you have to hire, you know, and grow your your team and hire more 3D designers to do this. And the third part is if we can figure out the first two, then we need to automate and then give you the right contextual insights or, or data. That, that way you can scale this even further. That's why Chateaus was created. We went back to another client and they said, hey, we have this idea. And then our client ended up becoming our, one of our early investors. And then we built Chateaus. And so Chateaus today is looking at those three parts. First part is adoption. So we built out a recommendation engine that will match business use cases, you know, based on your industry or vertical with the right platform. And then our properties, so we consider them as properties, our, our virtual spaces, they, they live on several platforms out there that we have battle tested that we love and trust. And then brands can pretty much come in and say, hey, we like this space on this platform and we'll get you up and running in a couple of weeks instead of six to nine months out. Yeah. And the reason why we're doing that is because we want you to jump in and start experimenting. And the experience can only get better as you iterate. So we need to start learning, you know, how you're fully using the space. You know, I, you know my background is in architecture from our center, right? So I'm all about spatial design. I'm all about learning how to create spaces that's going to create an experience, right? Depending on the use case, if I'm creating this as an e-commerce experience or if I am I creating this space for a collaborative future of work application. So creating these spaces, I, you know, and clients may come back and say, hey, we want to take the same space and we want it for, initially they started as a future of work. We want to switch up the use case to, you know, a, a external facing, vendor day, investor relations, or even an e-commerce play. And when that happens, you know, the metrics will change. And that's where Chateaus will come in and we are building out a full data infrastructure that we are learning the user behavioral and engagement and we're using data science to augment the front-end experience and that's how we're going to be helping enterprise scale this so that i'm not going to be having you know my designers go back in and keep on changing the spaces rather we're using data and ai to augment the spatial experiences so it's accurate and imagine going to a space and you think that, you know, as a designer, oh, I'm going to design a beautiful pink space or a purple space, right? And then you'll find out that, no, the users themselves, actually, they prefer, you know, a black and white space. It's, right, it's, yeah, you can't impose, you can't impose what you impose think you, onto what the you think, client, That's right? right, right. So it's what the users are going to be responding to. Yeah. And that's what we're learning, right, with data science. We're learning how they behave. And in spatial computing, the data science is very different than a, a very linear 2D experience, right? In, in spatial computing, you're looking at ambience, sound. It's very 
sensory driven, right? Like if you can change from a day scene to a night scene and oh my God, someone's going to go, wow, I, I, I am much more relaxed now. And right. I can meander through the space, not feeling as though I'm in a work work mode, right? So those are the some of the critical events that we're looking for. And then using AI to recommend or make a contextual recommendation that say, hey, you know, if you want to use this for e-commerce space, perhaps this is where you should be putting some of your high ticket items because this is where most people will congregate. So those are the things we are looking for. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, when you speak about adoption, obviously it is the biggest hurdle. AI adoption, I think, really took off. But in terms of uh, corporate America and brands embracing it, that's the second wave of adoption that needs to happen. So I appreciate the fact that you've made it a priority and recognize it as one of the deterrents, uh, right, from success is that there's no adoption. And I, I appreciate your history in terms of recognizing also the kind of event-driven kind of brand marketing that has been happening along with technology, you know, with NFTs and metaverse. And, you know, I come from the entertainment world and, and movie studios. And so there was a lot of millions of dollars thrown into these literal one-offs of virtual environments, like recreate Mars. Right. You, can, you can be on Mars. It's like, oh, you spent a million dollars on that. And, and then after the movie release, what happened? Oh, well, Island goes. Exactly. Right. And, and that is why we, we, we are doing this, right? Because in, in a, you know, we're a startup. So I've, I've been in the tech space for almost two decades. And what I've learned is you got to really talk to the customers and really understand what are some of the wins and losses. And perhaps when listening or observing those scenarios, there's an opportunity for innovation, right? So for instance, we were talking to this big luxury brand and they said, you know, we had spent millions of dollars rolling out this first initiative and it was super successful. You know, we got millions of visitors coming in and, you know, meandering through the space. And then we spend the second time, you know, triple the amount and it was a flop. And then so then there are many reasons for the flop. But one of the key things we asked, did you actually measure the first success? Like, like have a metric of success, right? Yeah. Like KPIs. It, right, right. The KPIs. Like, is this purely to create brand awareness? Is this for engagement? Is this for some kind of e-commerce conversion like what are those metrics and, and like you say kpis and there were none so for them to kind of blindly go in and try to replicate the second time around thinking that hey i was successful the first time the second time is going to be equally as great it was sad like for us it's like oh what a missed opportunity because again you know a lot of money and effort and time put into with such big hopes and then it flopped and you know situations like this, I am very cautious because as we onboard enterprise and brands into Chateaus, we hear that's always this hesitancy, like, oh, we tried it and it didn't work out. Yeah. Or, or we don't want to do it, it again. Yeah. You got right? to dig yeah. into the nose. Yeah, so, right? yeah. So we, so we got to put up, we got, okay, hold on a second. Why are you so afraid of this? Like, you know, oh, it's because it costs so much money to buy everybody to you know, the Oculus headset, all the, what we call that MetaQuest headset. And they were like, oh, did you know that today you don't have to have a VR headset to experience, you know, because as, 
you know, this is a technology that is constantly improving. I mean, 10 years ago, when we started building things out versus now, it's it's this huge leap, right, in terms of technology. Yeah. Now you can stream high-fidelity experiences. You don't have to be confined to the low polygon counts, you know, the non-shading. Now you can have really beautiful branded experiences. So those are the things that we're trying to learn, right? Oh, we tried it five years ago or six years ago with that cardboard box, really, you know, cardboard box. Yeah, right, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, 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 that is so different today. And so those are the things that when, you know, as as uh, as as a, as a creator, you, you, you go in, but you want to listen. You want to listen to why, why are they struggling in the first place? But there's, you know what the good thing is? There's this silver lining is you're curious. Which means yeah. Otherwise, whatever. you wouldn't have the conversation, right? You wouldn't exactly. be in the room. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's very important to understand the context context of technology as it comes out, and you know, give that brief history, which you probably do. Give that history of where we came from, where we are now, and what the difference is, because a lot of these brand activations, I'm telling you, they just they were worthless. They spent a lot of money, and then it damaged the kind yes. of reputation and opportunity yes. moving forward as the technology is still advanced, right? It's still, That's right. and now it's exponential. So yes. just even in the past years, just amazing. And so you have to relitigate the past and kind of disprove all these perceptions of, you know, ah, oh, web three was a rip off. Crypto was a ripped off. NFT was a rip off. Metaverse, uh, you know, uh, you know the metaverse. Yeah. It's like Mark Zuckerberg yeah. was a rip. That's right. You know, yes. Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. Zuckerberg only talks about AI now. What happened to the metaverse? They renamed their company Meta. That was a big mistake. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that, it's a frustrating challenge. And I, I've been dabbling and and producing in all these various technologies. And you know, when they first come out, you know, I I look at well, what is the business opportunity? Because I. I was trying to connect it to brands and show potential and all that. And, you know, especially with, you know, headsets and VR, I, I only went so far and realized, yeah, it, there's this thing called a headset that, you know, people just aren't going to adopt and the price is a factor. And then I also got into immersive uh, retail, right? So the retailers, what is that experience? And is it with a headset? And it's like, yeah, it's just, just complete disconnect and so you know i waited out i either i tiptoed in it's like oh, well, well, I'm gonna, okay i'm so gonna wait a, i'm gonna wait yeah, but when yeah. ai when ai came out because i did i was in the web free space for two years with a social media company and <clears throat> they could just never get off the ground based on funding but you know i immersed myself <laughs> no pun intended in into what i are all the possibilities that, you know, Web3 presented from commerce opportunities to community building to ownership and, and support of a creator economy. That was the focus. And a lot of it, you know, damaged, repu <laughs> the, the reputation was damaged, you know, through FTX collapse and, and NFT collapse. And it was just really hard. You know, people not, didn't understand it. Right. Even though I could immerse myself and figure out, okay, I can make all the well, experience. I, I, yeah. 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 I, I think this is an opportunity to, to almost kind of like, a, you know, like in a tech where we said like noise versus signals. Right. So, and then there's, there's a couple of things here. We're definitely like my team and I are early adopters and pretty much all things tech, you know, like 
like we were working on like you know consulting for a a big data and then company and then you know big data became cloud computing so that was like 15 years ago and it's been when there is something new there's always going to be a group of people that are going to have to just be so how does they have this deep conviction and just know that this is going to change the way we work or communicate or collaborate five to ten years from now and so you have to stick to it you don't have to but it's just like i'm a fanatic so i i'm a big tech person so i stick to it right so you stick to it and then you start looking on at the trend and you start to learn that this this is this, this, cyclical is that how you call it cyclical yes yes history repeating itself yeah yeah it's it's like a, it's this in any new tech there's always this momentum of overhyping something and then it dies down hype cycle that's, yep. and and that's where things will get very exciting after the hype because yeah and it's on a curve us, coming back up right yes because and, only a few of us will be around because everyone will kind of jump ship. And I, and I joke about this a lot because I've noticed, like I, I was on another customer call and they said, Mel, have you noticed that all the metaverse folks are now in the AI space? And I laughed out so hard and I was like, well, you know, AI has been around for a very long yeah, time, right. especially for us right. in, the, in the technology space. We have been doing machine learning and, you know, deep learning and all Actually, of that. 50 years, data. 50 years. Yeah, 50 yeah. Years. so like for us, but, what is exciting about the LLM, which is the large language model today, is it's because it has this ability to understand and generate and predict content in a, a large contextual setting. And, and it's able to have all these, you know, people are using it for generative AI, for instance, right? But for us, we're still on the, on the like Chateau's is still you looking at that model and more like how do we understand behavioral science or user user behavior within a within spatial computing. So we're pretty narrow. We're not jumping into the 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 hype of, you know, using ChatGPT to create an API and then turn it into a business and then go sell it, right? So that's mm-hmm. not, and kudos for those who have figured that out and that's their passion and that's great because I have friends that, uh, hey, I just asked ChatGPT to come up with some shit for me and then I have a company now and I'm going to go sell my API, which is phenomenal because I feel like it, it's allowing folks to create businesses for themselves. It's just that my team and I are truly in this for the long run. And so when we envision, what would this be like 10 years from now and how does it really impact enterprise level solutions and and brand experiences then the conversation has to change right so then you're looking at of course we're going to sit back here and we're going to predict okay adoption is always going to be a challenge and because there's noise there's confusion so a lot of education has to happen however you look at all these other different companies Microsoft, NVIDIA, Apple, they're all entering the space. They're all getting into the spatial computing space and they're all dumping billions of dollars in this. And it's predicted, like I think by 2032, the economy is going to be 630 billion in the spatial computing economy. Huge. I think it's a huge opportunity for user experience designers, you know, because it's it's a big worry about, you know, is technology going to make people, you know, 
No, it's not, not going to be forced. You take away their jobs, and it's like, I think no, it's all yeah. new. It's, it's all going to change, and the yes. world's changing, and we need to change with it. Yes. And I, I think there's nothing but opportunity. And, yes. and and I think because of all that big money that's being pumped into it means you're, you're going to get paid more because it's new media versus old media. Well, then you have to learn, right? So you have to adopt. So you have to go, yes, the headsets might be clunky. However, like, you know, I have all the headsets. So I, and, I, and I love, I, I, I'm like one of those people that can be in my headset for hours. And and so I noticed that, you know, as a, as a designer, you know, from an from architecture all the way to product UX and UI design, the way that I'm looking at spatial UX UI, it's so different now. Like it has to be a little more, a lot more intuitive, and I'm borrowing a lot of these gamification strategies, right, from the gaming world. But also look at how do I apply it in the context of a collaboration tool, or in a context of a a, a commerce play, right? Do I really want to have my users jump around just to buy a bag? I don't know. Maybe the users, it depends on the audience. Gen Z, right. yes. My kids, yes. They want to jump around to go get a sweater, right? But, you know, for my girlfriends and I who love, who are big shoppers, and then, by the way, women are big shoppers, right? And then we <laughs> control pretty much like the, the, the household spending. Right. <laughs> but to ask like the different demographics, they want to still be how do you say this they still want to have this memorable experience and curated experience especially with luxury brands that just they still want to be awed and inspired perhaps gamification has to be redefined for them they may not be the audience that's going to put on the headset and jump around but they do want to experience a product or a spatial experience differently and how do we use the technology to create that wonder and, and wonder and awe but at scale right it's not just for one person you have to do right. it for millions of users so well, those well, are well, the, personas the, yes. yeah so those are the interesting opportunities for innovation so we're not looking at ai or xr as just oh it's a fun roblox game which by the way i love roblox but but it's more of how do we leverage the technology to enable a user from a different groups, right? From a different, you know, generation to still have that, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I want more. That's the, that's at least, that's what the brands are telling us. How do yeah. we create that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you do user persona profiling or development, there's the, you know, the hardcore users and then there's the lazy users, yes. right? Yeah, right. And you have to serve both communities, right? Because yes. Each of them will jump. If it isn't immersive enough, they'll say, eh, it's, it was it's very shallow. And the people who just want to buy that sweater, they're like, yeah, I went in there and bought the sweater and I'm out. It's like pretty cool. It was cool as I went, but I, I got my sweater. I was exposed to a new thing. And I just, it was, it was cool how I, you know, transacted. Yeah. Right. With but, well, no, not to mention the word transaction is a very a touchy word, right? For a lot of brands, it's like, we don't want our experience to be so transactional. Come in and just buy. They want it to be where we want you to experience fully our brand DNA, right? And then so it's a, it's a, it's a deeper type of engagement. Then you're looking at users coming into, you know, we're building out all these 3D e-commerce experience, immersive commerce, right? And you're looking at a user that's coming in and you have to actually understand if if it's a luxury brand 
versus a mid-level, you know, brand. Retail. And you're you're talking you're talking about difference of a handbag that's eight thousand dollars versus two hundred dollars, right? And and so, is the technology going to make the person go, oh? I really need to see this in person, and I I want I want to view it on the site, but I want to get excited enough where I am going to go down and walk down the street and go to the store, yeah, and then make that that transaction happen, right? Or you know I'm just gonna post up a photo on the website, and yeah, it's eight thousand dollars. What kind of experience do you want to deliver? That's the that's the thing, right? And you can use technology. In a sense where it doesn't have to be so ubiquitous, it can be curated. It can be where maybe we don't show a hundred skews, maybe we only do ten skews. It's a paradox of choice, well, you, you know. You talk it, about it at learning, right? So right. It's, it's really, I mean, if that one that one shopper goes into multiple brands' experience and their activity is tracked, obviously. There will be a recognition and then whatever yes. experience is then served up to them based on their behavior. That's right. right? So that's yes. that's the beauty of what you're building, right? Because yes. you're 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 not taking anybody for granted and you recognize that you need to have all these possibilities, but you want to do it through machine learning so that you learn more. Yes. Out, yes. Uh, without without us compromising on data, you know, data privacy and compliance. Absolutely not. No, I mean, no. we're very, you know, we're very aware of that, you know, GDPR, CCPA, all of that, yeah. we're, we're, you know, but, but again, the, you know, that's where AI comes in and it will give you really, you know, even today we're talking to a tech partner and you can even use, you know, the, the LLM to learn like, hey, if a person is actually going to be gravitating towards that $8,000 handbag, the adjacent brands, you know, you do this in branding, adjacent brands would be like your Range Rover or they, they will have a black Amex card, whatever, right? But the, the, the AI today is so rich that it, the accuracy is what we're looking for. Like, how accurate is this data set that I am going to be right. present? You know, right. presented. We've never, we've never been there before, and that's what I know. And that's why it's exciting, you know. And yeah, you know, it is exciting. We may get it wrong the first couple, but the machine—that's a whole, That's why it's called machine learning. It will learn. It will yeah. learn. You know how why you choose a certain things and. You know, you even as you know, even when you shop on Amazon today, in the past, you know, ten years ago, if you buy, you know, if you buy like a pen, it will keep on recommending you pens, even though yeah, you bought right. a pen. But today, but even today, if you talk you about it, <laughs> but today not, you buy listening. a pen, you know, they they will recommend you maybe a notepad, maybe a backpack, you know, right. all that's sorts of indie. things that that's gonna go with that pen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, and and I'm sure you're sensitive to this, but. The use of nomenclature or the butchering of nomenclature and describing things is very difficult to navigate because what was experience design and immersive entertainment or immersive experiences, those are the things that fell flat that didn't lead to the KPIs and transactional type of results that brands ultimately needed. I love the fact that you just, you know, used e-commerce as a word. So where where do you uh, where do you stand on what is the right language moving forward because language is so important. I'm a, you know, I'm it a is, it communicator, is. so <laughs> I know, but here's the thing too. Because this we're in the emerging tech space. It's still being defined. 
it is just like how the word metaverse was so butchered in the last three oh. years. It was it's like, oh, it, it has such a bad connotation. We even removed that word out of our pitch deck. Yeah, because <laughs> we got we got investors got all like confused that yeah, this is what Mark is doing with Facebook and I'm like oh god I'm not gonna go down don't that path go right don't, don't even go there but uh, what I have to understand that we are all these I, I I hate to use the word pioneers but we it's almost like we're that we're at this we're building cutting edge solutions which means even with the tech partners that we're doing this with. Everyone is defining their own little niche, and I and I laugh because I was trying to present something to an investor a couple of days ago, and and you know one of our AI pieces it was clunky, right? And I go, who made an update? Because <laughs> that was my first question. Who made an update? Is that is is it our tech partner? Is it AWS or is yeah. it our streaming guys? Like who who is it, right? Like I need to go <laughs> find out who who made an update because then I have to go figure out with my engineering team how to how to update on our end or not on our platform, but it's that. And it's like, everyone is trying to do something and, and not at your speed, they have their own milestones, right? And then so as everything starts to reiterate and change, it's like almost, as, it's like Gumby, <laughs> like a Play-Doh. Yeah, it's very, and, very, and, very malleable. Yes, and then you, so you gotta go with it and then you go, but here's the thing. What I do know is what we don't want to be. That's you very, know, that's um, very important. Yes, I would, yes. I would add because I, I work with many startups, and you know, very tech driven, right? And you know, my job is to bridge the gap between that tech talk to consumer language that people can understand and embrace. It's something no one could understand what Web three was. But if you say no, we're empowering content creators to you know be in charge of their own revenue. It's like. Oh, I get that. Or, or in our world, it's called data sovereignty. Yeah. Right? Or, or, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. DAOs, right? And <laughs> so, but, so, you know, language is important to me because I'm, I'm the branding and marketing guy. So I'm, I'm constantly, you know, worried or really hyper-focused on the use of language and or abuse of language and help helping and advising you know, founders and CTOs that it's like, yeah, stop the tech talk. You got to put it into human terms so that people can understand what you're doing. Cause it's amazing what you're doing, but if they, if people can't make the leap, you know, maybe showing it helps. That's certainly the aha moment. Yes. But yes. then there's this, you know, marketing push. Certainly investors need to have it simplified because a lot of they're, they're savvy because they see a lot of things, but they also need, you know, Talk to me like I'm a fifth grader, just so I get it, because if I'm going to give you money, it has to work for ultimately for yes. the consumer or B2B yes. play, whatever your play is. The, the language has to be tweaked for both the brands, the enterprise, and then the the investor side. Even even on the investor side, I've noticed that we've, I mean, we've presented to a handful of them. And they're not all quite there with like, they know like spatial computing, they know like it's, it's a hot bed, right? And they want to get their hands on some of the whatever. And then like the more you talk to them and they're like, like you said, talk to me like a five-year-old. Yeah. And then you have a, a, another set of investors who are 
they're like operators, you know, they're like technical founders turned investors, right? So they get into it. Show me your tech stack. Walk me through it, right? Like, yeah, right. what is your moat? Is your IP defensible? Walk me through your patents. Da, 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 da. Said, what kind of language are you implementing here? Like, there's a faster way to do this. They get very technical. So, you uh, you know, this is where I almost have to bring in my engineering team to go like, okay, he's going to ask that question. Yeah. Be prepared, right? So oh, you have to, you have to, you have to do the, I would call it dance, right? Like, hey, when is it to turn up a little bit more of that technical jargon? And then for the business side, I often find myself, if I could just, like you said, show it, if I could explain business use cases, if I can show some stats, and some of, you know, some of these guys are just like pure stats guys, like, like, they just want to see some statistics, you know, yeah. some data, like, you know, give me that, and then I, I can, I can understand this. So I, I have to do a little dance, but I am a technical founder, so I do get very technical well, with my customers yeah. sometimes, and but you know what? It's a good learning process for both parties. I have found that to be true. Yeah, I mean that's to- what being a pioneer is, right? That you're you're going into where no one's been before, and it's exciting, right? And how do you articulate it? How do you sell it? How does a an investor learn? Yes, uh, because they yes. have they haven't seen what you've done before, <laughs> so they're you know they're likely in awe. And that's how we met. Actually, I was in the Pismo Ventures pitch, and I, I was in awe with your presentation and your technology. <laughs> thank, and I was thank so you, thank you. Yes, and thank I was also you. I was also very impressed with you and how you how you presented yourself. So you know that's why I wanted to you know have you on this show because oh, we, we like to we like to discuss technology and AI because I think you know we don't do demos on the show but we I, I think it's the conversations like these that help break down the walls of you know misperception fusion and yes. and you know you work towards a common understanding of language and technology and you know the new acronyms whatever they may be But, you know, I think conversations like this really do help people and help adoption. That's what I'm very concerned of is, is adoption. And so I'm, I'm doing my part on having these conversations to help with that because there's too many, certainly in the AI world, there's too many demos and and the technology changes every week and these platforms are trying to outdo each other and, and they release them too soon or they're faking their demos like Google just did. So I get that a lot on you know, on LinkedIn. Like all my friends always tell me, "Oh, check this out," and I'm like, "Yeah, but what they fail to show you is that you actually have to put on a goggle to view that content." And I said, you know, it's it's a. I had this conversation with another friend, and she was saying that, "Oh, AI is going to take my job," you know, and how do I know all these things and that? And I said. Well, just consider it as a tool, right? Like we use, you know, we we love generative AI, you know, like we use Midjourney, for instance. And in the past, for us to come a design out or a concept out, it'll at least take a couple of weeks, right? For us to sketch and put everything together, but you put the materials boards, you know, concept and all that. Now it's like I just enter a few keywords that I, I would typically use for my mood board anyway, and then boom, you have the visuals, right? right. Now from the visual to the actual bill of a three space. It's very different, right? Yes, like right? You still have to take and build every single thing that you see in that 
and you have to put it in either 3D Studio Max or Cinema 4Ds, which was what I used. Mm -hmm. And then you still have to take that and then put it into a game engine, which is either Unity or Unreal or Roblox. There is the workflow. It's still it's still it's still there. It's not like oh boom, it's gonna go from point A to Z. No, no, no. We're not there yet. We're, it, we're not it, there it's yet. Pre-visualization and concept, which yes. is great. I mean, what a yes. fantastic tool. Yeah. Uh, you still need someone creative, like with some type yes. of vision and purpose, purpose, yes. right? To actually design the world. Because yeah, I could design, hey, make me a, a, a volcano that's spewing out rainbows and Skittles and see that's what right. that looks like. It's like, okay, well, I can see the use case for Skittles, but but why, right? And, yeah. and you go into, you know, mid journey or whatever, and you give a prompt and you, you already have a world in your mind that you're trying to get to, and you're trying to use these tools. It's software yes. to, it's to somehow it's match your vision. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and, and it really never quite matches. And because no. it, it yeah. also, it also wants to be creative. You have to realize that it's not just an order taker. It's saying, okay, I, I, I got your prompt. But I'm going out and finding all this other stuff, and I I'm interested in this. And they say, "How about this?" And they go, "Well, that was no, oh, was I know, not right at all." So sometimes I'll, I'll upload, yeah, I'll upload a picture, and I'm like, "No, I want you to mix this and this." I get very specific, and then it still can't do it, and I go, "Okay, screw this. I'm gonna have to." Do yeah, I know. Now, so right? you end up copying, you know, you take an object out of something, put it in Photoshop, whatever. But that's, you know, a creative, a human being at the center of that. Yes. It's not about yes. job loss. It's about learning these platforms, learning the pitfalls and, and being inspired or not by what you can generate through Gen AI. And, and then taking that and, and it's your personal integrity that's going to say it's good enough or yeah. it's not quite good enough. And I need to go either to another platform or I do it from scratch. But that's the process. So it, it's just that's the that's, process. That's, that's that's back to our art center days, right? Yes, I mean, we right. were we were trained in, in a very rudimentary manual way of sketching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was there pre-computer, so we were doing everything manual. But yeah, and I was I was an illustration major, so it was you know. So we you had, were the we, one of the guys that was, actually went to the. Oh the the body the the body drawing you know the, oh, all that, yeah um, no doing movie posters overnight you know painting yeah. by hand and, painting by hand yeah, yeah i remember in the morning right i used to have a letter press machine okay so i i you know oh, my okay. hand press yes. and, and a typeset and a hand press but yeah it's a it, but those are the it's just a tool it is just another tool and then you have to figure out how do i leverage this technology is it going to make my process more efficient is it going to then am i going to be able to take this efficiency and pass the cost savings to my customers right and then and or then to you. Turn, <laughs> oh to me right or or like you know tattoos is a tech company i always tell my customers we are a tech company we're not an agency which means we are constantly updating the tech we're constantly updating the platform. So it's not just like, oh, I'm building out a beautiful world and I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to leave. And then when there's an update, you're like, fuck. <laughs> like, do I go back to Bell? Do I hire more people to manage this? No, we are a tech company. So all of our properties are constantly being up because we are learning. We want to learn 
KPIs. We want to learn yeah. the behavioral engagements. We want to learn, you know, the events that are happening in the spaces so that we can optimize and then make it better for the customer. Yes, yes. Hey, uh, we're getting towards the end of our time, but this has been a fascinating conversation and love what you're doing. Love, love your approach and and certainly discussion around technology and creativity. You're a kindred spirit, not only, you know, because we went to the same art school, but, you know, that you're a true creative, uh, got into tech. And I think it's really cool. And you've had a really interesting career and you're, you know, doing great things now. And, and I mean, you were before, but I'm just saying it's exciting what you're working on now. And I'm happy to happy to promote it however I can certainly oh just... thank you so much we love our champions <laughs> yeah so if you want to plug away on how people can interact with you or yes yes find me, find me on LinkedIn at Mel Lim it's M-E-L-L-I-M or go to our Chateau's website is C-H-A-T-E-A-U-Z dot I-O and uh, we recently launched a newsletter that is going to help speed up adoption for enterprise this is out of my own frustration after hearing oh my god we spent you know 500k nine months later and we got nothing and i'm like what the heck did you guys do <laughs> like yeah. xr planning didn't take that long like we we have all these blueprints and we feel the urgency to share yes um, I, I did see that today and yeah. and that's that's really excellent by the way and it's rarely done by companies because they hold on to their IP, right? But you're just saying, hey, there is a process and people need to understand the process because it's all new and adoption is important. And without that education and or some you know, agreement on what language is that, what the language is that we can all connect on so we can move forward. Yes. Kudos yes. to you. So yes. Awesome. I always look at our competitors and I go, great, they're doing this we can then say to the our other customers hey they're doing this you know and which means we're not like the the first person that's going to be you know tackling this which means this, there's a curiosity in this space and they go oh then they feel at ease like oh i didn't know that so-and-so is doing this right so the the more adoption the better and and we we just want to make it where you know, we have a big vision, like, you know, by 2030, we hope like a million businesses will be onboarded into spatial computing like it was like when website first came out. Right, right, sure. <laughs> it had some hurdles. Right. People people didn't trust putting their credit oh, information into the computer. <laughs> well, what happens with it? You know, it's yes. like, so and now, you know, look at Amazon, right? It's like, uh, I know, it, right? It, and that's, that's how we see spatial computing, that everything will be so dimensional moving forward and uh, we're, we're just excited to be one of those crazy people to adopt this and experiment <laughs> absolutely okay well listen love this conversation with you mel thanks for everybody else for tuning in and catch more of our realm iq sessions on your favorite podcast platforms like spotify apple Podcasts, amazon music iheart podcast google Podcasts, and of course youtube and please follow and subscribe once you get there. It's very important to us. So thanks, Mel. I definitely want to have you back with some follow-up on your success. And thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Kurt. Realm IQ. Book your corporate AI workshop today. Subscribe to our Media Slam newsletter and learn more about the intersection of design, content, and technology. 
KurtDoty.co. Branding, Marketing and Product Development.